Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy.
God says, yes, I want you to take your only son, and I want you to go there, and I want you to offer Isaac there as a sacrifice, a burnt offering to me. I'll just make a location, I'll tell you where you're at. I thought that this was God speaking to me. Thank you. I thought God, Yahweh, was the one speaking to me. Is this really Yahweh, or is this the uh, lamb drops that I had the night before? Right? Let's just give me one second here, because I want to be able to put some things up on the screen for you. If we're not able to do it, then I'll just go ahead and move on. Jesus Christ. 
the salvation of all the nations of the earth is hanging on what happens to Isaac. What's happening with the flow of the story here? Abraham gets it. And so he loves his son, but he's also going, this is hugely significant. I can't fathom giving up my son. So anyway, if you've ever asked this question, if you're, if you're familiar with this story, you must be asking yourself the question, why is this some kind of sick joke? Can you really see it? What about five and this morning? Right? This is a sick joke. Now, what, what, what are you doing? We're talking about parents as well, but we're going to talk about our fathers specifically today. What would you do? I'd wrestle with this myself this week. What could we possibly, what could God possibly have to teach us today to the journey of Isaac and Abraham in Genesis 22? Especially with the request that seems so cruel. Let me go to Genesis 22, beginning in verse number 3. Genesis chapter 22, beginning in verse number 3. We're going to enter into the story, and we're going to see what we discover here about this, this journey that Abraham and Isaac are on. This is the Bible says, beginning in verse number 3. If you hear that, please say amen. Amen. All right, so it says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Good job, Abraham. All right. Then on the third day, on what? On the third day, on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad, in my translation, the King James Version, better translation is the young man. Right? The young adult male. Okay? And I will go yonder and worship. The young lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. And we will come back to you. Now, somebody's ears are probably perking up just a little bit right there when you're reading the text, okay? Now, as you read that on the surface, you may look at that and go, well, Abraham is the father of faith, right? Father of the faithful? Abraham is a man of faith? Right? I, I, I'm not an Abraham level yet, I can't forget it, right? He just got up in the morning, faithful, obedient to the Lord. No emotional upheaval? Is that what took place there? Huh? So you have to remember Abraham is human. I can imagine. I can't imagine Abraham being any sleep the night before. One of the reasons I believe he also got up early in the morning, not just because he had a long journey ahead of him, but our husbands, the wives, right? Uh, I think he probably got it up constantly because he wanted to get up before Sarah got up. Because if she knew what he was about to do, they wouldn't have gotten four feet on their journey. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I want you to understand something else. So this journey was going to take how long? How long did it When you the text, when you finally saw the place far off, what day was that? It was the, it was the third day. And what's going on there? Why is that being emphasized? It's being emphasized because I'm getting excited already. 
Because there is a theme that is here. This is the book of Genesis, beginning. There is a story of the gospel that's being communicated here. And so it's setting in motion a theme. This whole story, by the way, is just setting in motion a theme that's going to continue to develop and repeat progress of the biblical story. So the third day always signifies a decisive moment in the salvation story. Did you catch that? A decisive moment on the third day is going to build up to its climax of the cross of Christ and on the third day Jesus and his resurrection will rise from the dead. Amen. I mean, Christians in the house today. Amen. Yes. So you're seeing a theme beginning to emerge. This is a 50 mile journey to the land of Moriah, where the Temple Mount is today. 50 mile journey. It's going to take three days. Okay. But notice something else there in the text. There in the text, it's talking about worship. It's going to go into worship, right? But notice that worship, hold on a second. Notice that worship is directly associated with and focused on sacrifice. It is directly related to the sacrifice of the sacrifice to God, Jesus Christ. That's the heart of the worship. And so what we see here in the story, and we get too excited about that project. Too early for that. You see, what, what, what's happening here in the story is that uh, up until this point in the story of Abraham, he has been worshiping. This has been a pattern. This is something that's been a regular occurrence. It's something that he intentionally would do. He would prepare for it. Right? He would invite Isaac and the rest of his household to join in in the worship experience. It's when he tells his two young men that are probably his servants, when he tells them, hey, we're going to go over there and worship, it's no surprise to them. This is Abraham. Abraham was a follower of Yahweh, and he's discipling his what? He's discipling his son Isaac. No surprise that he says, we're going to go worship. He's the first thing we discovered today, brothers. Yes. We're going to disciple our children to be followers of Jesus. And we have to worship with power. The worship of power. Of course, this is something that both mothers and fathers can do equally. Right? We work together in partnership to lead our children to Christ. But because of the we're going to focus on our fathers today. We need to worship with power. This is also why it's so critically important to actually marry somebody that is spiritually equally yoked with you. Because the ultimate goal of marriage, by the way, it's, it's, it's pleasurable, it's great when it's just the two of you, but when you begin to multiply, you can multiply directly. Because his ultimate goal is to fill the earth with his glory, glory meaning his character of love. And how is he going to do that? Through people that know and follow him, that are constantly making disciples that first starts at home. See, that's the goal here. It's to redeem humanity. That's what's going on in the text. And it starts by modeling this experience of worship. I want to tell you when I was growing up, boy, have mercy. When I was growing up, I was going on the screen with everybody when I just wanted to turn that off over there. Is there a, can we turn these off? I hope that's not exactly right. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, so. When I was growing up, I don't know if anybody here has had this experience. They want to nod your head, they don't want to nod your head. When I was growing up, my stepfather came into the picture. Um, the way to see my parents when it came to us worshiping as a family, what they would do is at minimum, they would have 
and you don't know how your own personal experience showed them how much joy there is in worshiping and focusing on Jesus. When you know Jesus, it's actually attractive, right? Invite them into what you're enjoying. Because if you're not enjoying it, you're being repelled by it. You see that? Let them see you reading your Bible. Let them see you praying. Let them see you singing loud to the Lord. Or maybe if it's more than one right with me, you know, it's just for the song. Or just speak the song. No? Let them see you worship. Let them see you lift up holy hands. Yes, that's beautiful, though. Hello? Let them see you loving Jesus and serving Jesus, right? More importantly, let them see your life being lifted to the Lord God. That's actually more all inclusive that comes to worship. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, real quick. Please, parents and teachers, please do not multitask among children in worship. Because what happens with that is that it kind of shows that you're not really engaged. It's not as important to you as you actually want it to be for them, and it kind of reads through the prophecy. Because discipleship is actually this. It's actually you replicating your experience in Jesus and somebody else. Teaching is not just information. It's relational. It's modeling. You may be saying one thing. You may do this. But your, your language is, is shouting something else. You want to align those two. You hear that? Your actions give power and authenticity to your words. And so... It's crucially important for us to actually model what we're experiencing in Christ when we're trying to lead our children to worship. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So we're going to now see Abraham and Isaac. We're going to see Abraham continue to do this now in this dream. And go with me now to verse number six. Verse number six. Here we go. The Bible says So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac. Well, you're saying this right now in your mind, on Isaac's son, and took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham's father and said, My father, oh, you know and he said, Here I am, my son, you almost hear the tremor in his voice. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself. Oh, hallelujah. God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Watch this again. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bowed. Oh, what's going on here now? And he bowed Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. I want to ask you, can you right now see in your mind's eye, can you see the tears rolling up in Abraham's eyes? Can you see it? Can you, can, you, can you see that he takes his son and he, and he binds his son? His son. Okay, you understand? You understand here that Isaac is likely here about 20 years old. 
You cannot do any of this unless you see God. You don't, you don't, you don't produce God's love in your heart. You don't understand that you can't do it. You see it. That's why First John 4, 19 says we love Him because He first loved us. When somebody just keeps pouring love on you, doesn't that awaken something in you? A response? You can't do this without loving Him. Thank you. 
coming down. Why he wipes the tears from his eyes? Is the Bible telling? And then he has to shout twice. Abraham, Abraham! Exclamation point. Right? To, to, to communicate the urgency. Why? Because if he didn't do that, Abraham was so fixed, so painful as this was, and he was doing this by faith. But as painful as this was, Abraham was so fixed on obeying the command of the Lord that Jesus, using his cryptic Old Testament name, the angel of the Lord, had to actually shout to get Abraham to stop. And so it, 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 it's, it's, it's moving to me that this place right now is when Abraham sees Abraham. See, God is trying to drive something deeply home into their conscience. He's trying to invite them into an experiential journey to give them a brief window, to give them a glimpse of something profound that is the legacy that actually needs to be passed on. He's basically trying to say, no, and it's, it, it, it's, I can almost hear his voice jumping up as he's talking to you. No, 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 Abraham, it's not your son. It's going to be sacrificed. It's my son, It's my son. Not your son. I'm not like the pagan gods with this time. Demand child sacrifice. That's not my character. That's not what I do. He's saying, no, it's my son. It's my son that's going to die. I'm, I'm ripped up during experiencing this thing because this is actually my experience on this day. And what God wants you to know is if we're, gonna, if we're going to disciple our children and the followers of Jesus, then we have to let it get. It has to be lodged in their minds that God provided a sacrifice, a substitute. This is why it's so important now to close. Andre and I, years ago, actually when we first came to town, we were uh, counseling, we were counseling, both counseling by the congregation, we were counseling. So we both were counseling this couple, and the couple um, just generously, but they knew it. I wasn't appreciating the way. We did the counseling, but they were so grateful and they were kind of well to do. They said, Look, we're going to just go ahead and cover your ticket and watch the game at the business wedding and put the paper. Amen. I'll say amen for it. And we'll watch the other thing. We just look at the other thing. We just look at the other thing. And so thank you for the ticket. Anyway, but I want you to understand here something. Because I said, No matter how much effort we put into preparing for the fight, no matter how much effort we put into into rushing, you know, it's a funny question, rushing to the airport, right? Rushing, getting all your luggage out and getting to the checking time, we know that all that effort means squat if we don't get there with a ticket. Our efforts aren't getting us on the plane. We understand that. Right? As a matter of fact, the reason that we are, we are demonstrating all this effort we're preparing, you follow? The reason we're rushing to get there on time is because we have the assurance that we have a ticket that's going to get us on that plane. And it is simply and profoundly the same thing with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, family. Oh, man. Paul 
explains for us very clearly what's going on here with this substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus Christ that gives us forgiveness, that gives us acceptance, that secures our salvation with the Father. Paul lets us know in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, he says, talking about us and what God did for us outside of any contribution to, uh, to this whole thing of salvation, he says, you have been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Why did that occur, Paul? It happened, he says, in Romans chapter 5, where say God demonstrates his own love. How did he do it? When did he do it? In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You understand what that's saying? You were dead in your trespasses. You may have even walked up. You may have even been cursing God. You may not even have been born yet. Jesus Christ, literally, God's flesh, came into human history and paid sacrifice. He demanded. He made sacrifice. Like them. But as a case we're not clear, Paul lets us know as he calls, he says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, it is, basically it is God who justifies. Meaning makes you right. He did it. It is done. This is why Jesus, somebody said, I believe, this is why Jesus could say on the cross, it is finished. What's flowing out of your continued faith, and that is holiness. His obedience is good works empowered as the fruitful result of the anointing Holy Spirit. But that's not, it's not what's getting you on the plane. Are you following me? Those things are the result of the other receiving justification by faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel. Justification has to be large in your minds, which you say that the case of justification can take place. You want to be like Lauren. You need to be alive to Jesus. You want to see the love of God being poured out for you on the cross, Father, so we're going to be able to disciple our children. This has to be very, very clear in our minds when I was growing up, children's story. Always emphasizing obedience, obedience, obedience. Yes, you need to obey. Absolutely, but your obedience doesn't get you on the plane. Being heaven. People that have the assurance of their ticket, which is on the cross, obey. Faith. Working. I love. Plain and simple. Powerful. Life changing. Epic. It's good news. And God has a I can give this life to you, Abraham, and Isaac. You know, my son woke up from the MRI. And now he's laying around. Like that whole thing never happened. Amen. Because as surely as my son woke up, even though I felt like I was receiving the life was in my hand in that moment, just as surely Jesus Christ rose from the grave victorious over sin. Victorious over the devil, victorious over all the stuff that you are still struggling with. Jesus was like, there are no more sacrifices that need to be made. One sacrifice came for all, not just the past. All. Your job is staying with Jesus. Have faith, and let the fruit of that produce the holiness of the works. And the Holy Spirit does all kinds of stuff. He will complete the work that's been done in you. All the finisher of your faith. But please, the exception is not yet gospel. Because that's actually the only way that we can motivate true obedience in our 
daddy loves me. Nothing to do with this. There's a meme I shared with Lord this week. There's a meme on Facebook. I love it. And it says this. And it, it, it so captures this so well that you just never forget this meme. You can approach Christianity, you can approach the Bible in one of two ways. It goes like this. The meme goes like this. Ah, I messed up. Some of us are not so safe, so we're going to say something else. Ah, I messed up. My dad's going to kill me. Option one. Or option two. Ah, I messed up. Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.